Welcome to the Girls Leap Podcast, your resource to learn, earn, advance, and profit in your business. This podcast is for every woman entrepreneur who's aspiring to not only start a business, but grow exponentially. Subscribe now to receive amazing resources from high-performance leaders and continue listening to find out how you can get tips to take your business to the next level. Now, here's your host, Gloria Ward. Hey ladies, welcome to another Girls Leap podcast. Today we're going to talk to the millennial millionaire, the CEO of Rosebud's Investments, Miss Jamisa McIver. She went from making $6.50 an hour to owning $1.7 million worth of properties. Jamisa is 26 years old, is a mother and a groundbreaker with an amazing testimony. Currently, she is the deed holder of 16 properties, all in which she purchased with no mortgages. No mortgages. She started out as a novice investor herself and mastering the craft. The young CEO of Rosebud's Investments is very popular amongst new investors and people who may be looking to get started and are not sure how. She has taken her innovative spirit and created a strategy that makes real estate investing as simple as can be for people of all ages and walks of life. Jamisa speaks to single mothers and married mothers to allow them to understand that there is another way to provide for the family. All I have to say, guys, is this interview was so amazing. Please listen to it. And please like and share this and and give this lady some love. This young woman is really killing it in the real estate industry. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jamisa McIver. Jamisa, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Girls Leap. I'm so glad that you decided to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have the yeah. conversation. I'm excited because I saw your Instagram. And I said to myself, first, how old is this young lady? Because she is balling all over the place, but she's also teaching a lot of people what it means to be in real estate. So how old are you? I'm 27 until September, then I'll be 28. 27. And how long have you been in real estate? Uh, I want to say five years. Okay. So I really started when I was... I want to say this is super crazy because um, I had a property for a very long time. My my grandma had put my name on the deed years ago, uh-huh. but I became like really active in it between like 19 and 20. But at that time, I didn't know that you're supposed to have a business when you're doing business. You know, you're supposed right. to have an LLC, so I didn't know those things. So I want to say actively, in all fairness, I'll say five years, the legitimate way, LLC the for five years. Wow. I have to say I'm proud of you too, because I was like, this young lady is out here as a woman doing it, a young woman, uh, one of the millennials who's out there really, really teaching. How did you get into real estate? What what was the 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 passion behind it that you said this is what you wanted to do? Well, I'm gonna be honest, I, I wasn't really passionate about real estate at all. Even still to this day, ironically, I'm still not passionate about real estate. For as long as I can remember, though, I have always been passionate about teaching and helping. 
So I'm a big sister. I have about 10 little siblings, right? Now you can't be passionate about teaching without being equally as enthused about learning, right? Absolutely. And that's my whole thing. So when I got that property from my grandma, it really didn't mean that much because she was still alive. She lived in a property. It's like, I signed a piece of paper, whoop-de-doo. And um, then she passed away. And it was a little different for me because when she passed away, she didn't like have a will or she didn't give me instructions, but I did still have that house. So I was like, oh, well, what do I do? Right. Needless to say, I did everything wrong. Right. (laughs) But (laughs) I used it as a learning curve. So, okay, at first I tried to get it fixed. Right. So now I'm hunting for contractors, literally Googling, like where to find contractors, Um, learning that in the process, what not to do. Like, this is, this is a little insane to me. You said I have to give you $30,000. I don't have that. I am a cashier right. at a supermarket. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, long story short, I ended up selling it. Like, that's when the learning curve really began. Uh, so I sold it for one fifty two, which was great, right? When you're that young, until you find out you should have sold it for, like, three fifty. So I'm like, yeah. where's the rest? What right. happened? <laughs> um, and at that point, my willingness to learn and not be defeated, obviously, plus my desire to make it worthwhile too because that was my grandmom's house right so I didn't want the sale to go in vain at this point I have to get it right Mm -hmm. okay so one house got me that much money I should go buy more houses and that's you know when the search began I ended up on Instagram I ended up on YouTube um I started to connect with other investors I'm pretty friendly as you can tell yeah so I just slid in people's DMs like, hi, you sell houses? Well, I want to buy them. Wow. And, um, you know, the, the conversation and the growth was just gradual because they would ask, well, how much do you want to spend? And me being the person who knows no better, it's like, I have, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so crazy now that I think about it. So I ended up on a buyer's list before I even knew what a buyer's list was. So it was crazy, like, now the things that I know in here, I can go back and say I've experienced that. That's right. Um, so literally experience was my best teacher at that time and just not really focusing on the falls that I was taking, but more so learning and the process of getting back up and just kind of embracing it. Okay. So I have uh, a couple of real estate questions for you for okay. a beginner investor. Um, mm-hmm. Most of our women uh, either want to get into real estate or thinking about buying properties for themselves and everything. So um, this will actually really help them. So some of the questions that they submitted, the first one is, how do I determine the value of an investment property? Okay, so it's two different ways to go about it. Um, you can look at a value as is, or you can do what's called the after repair value. No, those are two different things. After repair value stands for how much your property is worth once it's all fixed up. As is value literally means as is, how much could I get for this? So I like to equate real estate with everything else that we get. So if I went to, if I was a balloon artist, I went to Party City and I bought a pack of balloons. I could sell those balloons, right? I could probably sell them for what I got it for, maybe like $30. If I blow those balloons up and turn it into an arch, now we're working with something different. Now I'm selling you, you don't got to do the work. I could probably swing 150 with that, Mm -hmm. right? So when you think of real estate, you think of it as the same way. Some properties need work. So obviously you get them cheaper. The easiest way to determine either or, whether you're talking about the after repair value or as is, 
is to literally look and see what the other properties in that area are selling for. So it's called a comp. You're looking for comps, which is short for comparables. So you can go on realtor.com or HomeSnap, which are free sites, and you can say, okay, my house is three bedroom, one bath. So now I must see what properties that have three bedrooms and one bath in the same condition sold for. Hmm. That makes sense. So the next you'll question, see a pattern. Yeah, you'll yeah, see yeah, a pattern. yeah. I I think so because I know um even here in Atlanta, where are you based out of? Pennsylvania. But I move oh. everywhere. I have clients everywhere. I'm in I'm in LA right now. I move around. Really? The real estate thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That, that is amazing. So um the next question was what is the best real estate investment strategy for a beginner? Oh man. I really dislike when I get biased questions. I really, because yeah. I'm going to tell you what I like, right? I'm a white. Well, yeah, you know, okay? it's, it's, it's from your, yeah, you it's, it's from best, your perspective, like, you know, because, you, you know, because people are trying to figure out, like people are trying to figure way out to go about it. what's the best way to go about it so that yeah. they can actually, their money can actually mean something instead of them losing right. their money or, you know, right. getting taken advantage of well my biggest thing is i'll say um because i'm a wife i'm a mommy okay so i have four little kids and i have a dog which is like another little kid and my babies are young so i have a seven-year-old uh, we have a seven-year-old a four-year-old a three-year-old and a baby who will be one Ooh. so like, i don't have time for All the intricate babies just out here that's so right like, Hi, <laughs> so so for me when i think about real estate first of all you got to think about why we want to get into real estate right it's for financial freedom, it's for flexibility, and it's for generational wealth. The only way to be able to attain those three things is to have something that is consistent, meaning you buy a house and you keep it. Now, a lot of people pitch the flipping thing, and it does work. Don't get me wrong. You flip, you make a lot of money, and it's a yeah. whole party. However, all you do is end up with money, right? And then you're going to spend the money, either on something that's going to make you some more money or cost you more money. So I would say you buy a house. It's like, duh, right? So for me, the best thing to do as a beginner is, in the beginning, I would say flip to build capital in some sort. And when I say flip, I don't mean HGTV, putting on steel toe boots. Like, if you could avoid that, please do. Um, but I do, I do mean good. like some whole selling. Yeah, because people's like, I want to flip houses because they watch TV and That's they just right. like how it looks. That 45-minute right. segment did not embody what you were about to go through on the dance floor because it's crazy right. when you're really in it um <laughs> but it does make sense for you to build capital because a lot of people are starting from scratch right mm -hmm. so you can wholesale which costs you no money it does cost you time but it costs you no money and you can make a lot of money from that now what uh, does wholesale mean so that they know wholesaling is you pretty much playing a middleman in a real estate deal um mm -hmm. so okay we'll say amber Susie, and me i don't know who amber and Susie is but Let's say that Amber is selling a property, right? And she says, hey, I'm selling this property for $100,000. Um, Susie can agree to purchase the property for $100,000. Susie will be the audience in this case. I know y'all listening like, well, I don't have $100,000. That's okay because real estate sales agreements have protection in it. It says that, you know, if you can't come up with the funds, you are able to assign it. So you have to make sure that the contract you sign is assignable. Literally, the words, this contract is assignable is your get out of jail free card, right? So what that means is you can agree to buy something you can't afford in a nutshell. 
So audience, aka Susie, will say, okay, Amber, I'm going to purchase this property from you for 100000 And then you call me. You say, hey, Jamisa, I have a property for sale for 150000 Gotcha. Now, as long as the numbers make sense, obviously, I told you how to make sure the numbers are cool. You just made 50000 for doing nothing. You agreed to give Amber a hundred. I'm the one coming with the 150. Give her right. what you owe her contractually, but then you will walk away with 50. And that's wholesaling. And it's really simple because we wholesale every day of our lives. Like if you have that's a job, right. your company at the end of the day is the seller. You mm-hmm. as the worker are the wholesaler. You're connecting whoever the consumer is with the product or so- service that your company offers. Um, so y'all go food shopping, right? You go to Walmart, you buy some produce. Walmart is not the farmer. The farmer made the produce. Walmart is the wholesaler. You are the end buyer. We buy hair. You know how that go. The person you bought the hair from got it from the seller. So just normalize the things that we do every day anyway. Even the clothes we buy. You go shopping at Target because I like Target. You go shopping at Target. Target didn't make the clothes. They didn't manufacture the clothes. They are the wholesaler. So it's the same thing that we're already doing. It's just with real estate instead. Okay. Well, that's great. So the next question they ask, which is the biggest question that we get all the time, only because, Jamisa, everything out there is, you know, uh, buy a house with no money. Mm -hmm. Do this, no money down, right? They made it up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you the truth. The only way you're going to do it with no money is exactly how I said it. If you're not wholesaling, you're not, there's no way. Like, how could you buy a house with no money? Like, even me, I find the cheapest of houses because I frequent auctions, right? Now, I can find you a house for $500. I can find you a house for $600. $600 has been the most frequent houses I've helped my clients purchase. But $600 is still money. That's right. Okay? When they say no money, they're making it up. Wholesaling is the only way you're doing it with no money. But again, you're wholesaling, you're not buying. So gotcha. Okay. So that so that was the question. Yeah, throw that um, in the trash. They made that up. Can I begin life. investing in real estate with no money? And I hope you ladies understand that. And she said <laughs> no. Okay. No, you cannot. Time is a currency too, though. So in areas where you lack money, use a different currency. Use time. Mm-hmm. And then you'll make the money. I feel like we put too much pressure around money. It's like this big thick cloud. We do it with real estate, too. Like, you'll hear people who say, you need a lot of money to get in real estate, or you need this and that. And it's like, no, it's not that serious. Because you can purchase properties for $600. Like, that's the thing. I've helped hundreds of people do that. But it's still okay. money. Run okay. from the people who say no money. They're scary. I don't know what they got going on. Just run. <laughs> well, you know, there's a, there, you know, people um, put those signs out all around yeah. to tell you, you know, uh, we buy houses and, mm-hmm. you know, we'll take your house and we'll sell mm-hmm. it for you. We'll do all this stuff for you. So uh, another question that people ask is, how will I determine the rent to charge for my property? Um, it, that, that, again, is area-based and it all depends on the finishes. You can go online. It's called Rent-O-Meter. So R-E-N-T-O-Meter, M-E-T-E-R. And it'll tell you an average of what properties in your area are being rented for at that time. Okay. Uh, the other question, which is the last one, is how do I find a profitable investment property? I mean, all, all investment properties are profitable. It just depends on if you're looking for short-term or long-term gain. But the easiest way to answer the question is to say 
purchase below what the property is already worth. Because then you look at getting gains from the equity and stuff like that. Um, but everything is profitable. You're talking about purchasing land. They don't make any more land. You, you Real estate as a whole is very, not only profitable, but also necessary. Um, I like to say all the time, what you don't own, you don't control. But when you think about that, like really dissect what I'm saying. Everything that you do in the world requires real estate. Everything. You're born in a hospital. You die, you get buried. The food you eat is on farmland. You walk into any building that's real estate. Air rights. Everything that we are a part of requires real estate. The Wi-Fi we're using, somebody's satellite, whatever's happening. You get what I mean? Everything is yep. real estate. So because you use these things on a day-to-day, you should probably want a piece of it. You should want to own that. Like, that's something that you should have a part of. And um, that makes it profitable in itself because the more that you get, the more that you earn, meaning the more properties that you have, not only do you have equity, but it's like monopoly. You have little pieces that you can leverage for your life. So I could sell this if I'm ever on hard times. I can rent something consistently and then I can make money so that I don't act, I don't have to go to work. You can go if you want to. I'm not knocking people who have a job because we need, everything has its order of command, you know, but you don't have to. I think real estate represents options and we all deserve it. I mean, that's what our ancestors fought for, us to have options. And it's kind of like in this day and age, we kind of give it away. Like we do talk about, you know, being oppressed all the time. And we just talk about how it's not fair. And we talk about like white privilege and stuff, but we don't talk about rich privilege. Like if you can pay your way, if you can pay your way, it's, it's nothing that a person can say or do to you. It's like, you can't do this. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, I can afford to do it. So I can do it. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I can live where I want. Like, it might be a person who doesn't quite want you to be there. But if you can afford to be there, hello, neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you, you have know? properties in different states or do you just uh, do real estate in one uh, in one state? So out of the 26 properties that I have, the vast majority of them are in Pennsylvania, where I'm from. But I started to branch out. So now I have a condo in Vegas. Um, I closed in a few different places, but the vast majority of my portfolio is where I started. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just wildfire. And then you get the word of mouth and people's like, just buy my house. And I'm like, huh? But they do <laughs> use the money that I give them to buy, to buy more houses. So, you know, I still feel better about it. Because at first I'm like, I just, that's what you got out of what I said? <laughs> like, at the all this time, I'm telling you, you need the old that's stuff. Right. Have They're like, buy like, my house. <laughs> Um, but then it's like, okay, I get where y'all going with it. So they do use that money to reinvest into a portfolio, much like I did. So they literally follow the footsteps in which I laid out for them and it ends up working. Cause in the beginning, I'm like, why are you trying to sell me something? I just told you that you need, I don't understand. Right. So who are your mentors? Who do, who are the people who keep you lifted, who keep you <sighs> focused and, and make sure that you stay on the grind and and the second question is how do you balance being a mother and a wife and a businesswoman and everything mm. how do you that work that's too that's two heavy questions <laughs> i'm gonna answer it backwards mm-hmm. so there's no balance throw that out the window okay. all right moms mm-hmm. all right ladies listen whether you are a mom whether you're about to be a mom but even if you're a wife you marry the person who's going to support you because it's, every day for you looks different like you're an entrepreneur, so you make your own rules. You make your own. So, okay, starting backwards, it was crazy. Like, I remember taking my babies to the closing table with me. My children just going in and out of open houses and us showing houses together. I remember that being a thing. 
So advice that I could give a person who's starting out is start how you want to finish. You got to mm. bet on yourself. If you believe in it, start how you want to finish. So you start with systems. Most people start small and then they scale. No, start big, right? And I'm not just talking about financially. I mean, have systems in place. Like, get yourself a virtual assistant. They're $5. Go on Fiverr. Hire somebody to manage your emails. Like, start with a good structure so that it requires less of you altogether, right? I did it the opposite. I'm no hypocrite. I'll be honest. I was busting my behind. I was like, I'm a, I was the personal assistant. I was so consistent. I was like breastfeeding with a phone. Like, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. I don't take it back because I got to learn. Right. But if you can avoid that, I would say do it all together. No such thing as balance, but I'm a heavy advocate for making time and giving yourself a break. Don't try to cram eight weeks worth of work into two days. It's not going to work. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to be sad. No one to open a laptop. No one to close it. No one to take calls. No one to not. The balance is whatever you create, so to speak. I won't say it doesn't exist. I would just say it's no perfect way. Like, okay, so from six to seven, I meditate. From 8.30 to 9, I'm making oatmeal. Like, that might be Monday. Tuesday, I might sleep late. Like, I don't know. I might not meditate to 9 o'clock p.m. I might not meditate at all. You just got to fit the things you love into your schedule. So that's what I, I claim for balance. Um, And in terms of, like, mentors, I, I tend to say motivation over mentorship, right? It's a good saying. And it's like uh, when a student is ready, the master will appear show up. Mm-hmm. that thing yep so it's not that <laughs> oh i'm ready and the teacher just pops out of thin air no what that means to me is when you're ready you'll be able to recognize that you were supposed to be learning from everything that was already around you when you're not ready you can't recognize that this is a learning experience this is a, you can't see it but when you're ready everything is a learning experience for you so the teacher is everywhere right and i say that to say i take something from every single person that i encounter Everything like I have I have mentors I never even met if that's the case like because I'm on YouTube I'm on Instagram like what did she say oh I like that or I, you know I'm constantly motivated by different things so opposed to mentorship I would just say driven and that would be my kids and, and my husband like just the whole generational wealth thing it started with me and I have to carry that on so even when I'm not being mentored mm-hmm. I'm heavily motivated you wake up and you're like I gotta keep it going can't stop right here you know what happens when you stop. Right. But it is a few people that I do um, like. I'm not going to say their names because I like to be incognito. Okay. It's okay. If y'all, feel, if y'all look at my Instagram, I tag them from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, but the people that call me their mentors, I actually feel it's like friend tours t- mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just say, I just say, don't get bogged down because what might work for me, like I could say three people's names and you might follow them or look at them and be like, oh, I don't like their teaching style. So I would just say use every opportunity as a learning experience. When you're in an Uber, ask questions. That's right. When you're at the nail salon, ask, ask questions. Maximize your time anywhere that you are. And it'll be beneficial. The stuff you learn, you might not even use it right away. It'll be like a year later, like, damn, I remember talking to this lady and she said, you might not even remember who the lady was. But you remember right. talking to a lady that said something that'll stick with you. So just add everything in your toolbox and don't take any relationship for granted. Oh, I'm enjoying this interview so much. So I only got one more question for you. So for you um, and your plans and what you have for your family, what does the future look like for for you? I don't know. That's the best part about it. Um, Expectations. I'm I'm meeting them. 
Right. So my goal is to make sure that there's a, enough of a trail to leave behind so that those after me can follow. So I'm thinking like a lot of rich brown babies. That's right. Oh, That's I'm right. thinking like more entrepreneurs. Right. And and like, like I said, I'm not against nine to fivers. I think that teaches you the structure. But if you think about a nine to five and a job and what it actually is, there's nothing but a bigger entrepreneurs, like hard work shown in the scaling system because you think like anything that's a big company it was an entrepreneur who built it so big that it had no choice but to expand and then they have employees for it and you exactly. work for that person's dream mm-hmm. so when you think about it, no really such thing as a nine of five or i mean you work for some other entrepreneurs like one or the other that's true so for me just really laying it out letting people know that they have other options um for the family just letting them know like if you want to go to school cool Go for accounting so that you could be the accountant of the company, right? You the CEO, you the COO, you the CFO. Have a little boardroom babies. Like that's that's the thing for me because all we really have as a people is each other. So, you know, you don't want to build rebellion. So I always promote like just healthy expression. How do you feel? What do you like? And just try to tie that into the greater good for us as a whole. Wow. So if I see a creative kid, all right. You can be the person who is like a creative engineer or whatever. Like you just try to science what your family already is into and just try to make it work. Because like I said, real estate is everything. So no matter what our children decide to do, it's going somehow end up being a real estate related task. Or in some place, some building, some hospital, like you said. Uh Thank you so much for being here. This interview was amazing. And I really do appreciate it. Uh, Let the people know your social media so that they can hear it. Instagram is at Rosebuds Investments. So R-O-S-E-B-U-D-S in the word investments. So both words are plural. Yeah, that's where I am. Uh, I have a website too, www.rosebudsinvestments.com. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. No problem. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Girls Leap. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and visit our website, girlsleap.com, where you can find more amazing content and tips to grow your business. If you're interested in 10xing your business, join our Girls Leap membership program to connect with our expert coaches. Until next time, thanks for listening.